I hope you're having a great day. Thank you for including us in your day and welcome to The Quest. It's always good to spend time together, especially if you're checking us out. If you're checking us out, we encourage all of our guests to scan the QR code that's right there. That QR code will pop up a link. That link will help answer some of the questions that you might have about who we are as a church and what our passions are and, and all those kinds of things. And we would love to connect with you and that's the means that we're able to do that at this time. We encourage everyone to scan the QR code because that QR code does in fact allow us to engage, allows us to connect at a better level. And so that allows you to give online, it allows you to uh, fill out a prayer request. There's many different ways that you can find out more information about who we are. We just encourage you to do that. We also understand that many people watch from the back row and they don't, they're not ready to engage yet. We're okay with that too. We're just glad that all of you are here. We also want to remind you that all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is scan Fresno Quest Church on any of the podcast platforms that you're a part of, and you'll find us there. All right. Listen, we're going to pray before we start. I just encourage you, if you can, you can close your eyes. You don't have to, but we're just going to talk to God. And I encourage you to engage in that conversation with God as well with me, if you would. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day. We thank you for all your blessings in our lives. Thank you for the opportunities that we have to connect with you. Thank you for your love for us. And Father, I just at this moment ask that you would breathe life into every person that's listening, regardless of what they're going through, regardless of what they're dealing with. Father, you are greater than any of the challenges that we face. So Father, I pray that you would speak life and peace and joy. Father, that you give courage and faith and strength to every person that's listening for all the challenges that they're going to face today. And you know what those are. I'm so glad, Father, that you are with us. We don't do life alone. I'm so grateful, Father, that you are active in our lives. We give you our day. We give you our agendas. We give you the outcome of our day and ask that you be glorified in our lives through this day, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in a series entitled Pivot, and we got this title from the TV show Friends, one of the episodes where Ross is moving a couch upstairs and he asks for Chandler and Rachel's help, and as they're moving, they get in this precarious situation, and they kind of get bound up, and Ross is yelling, pivot, 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 and, and he's asking them to make an adjustment in, in how they're moving because they're getting stuck, and, and while he's yelling pivot, of course, Chandler gets frustrated. He's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And the reason is because Chandler doesn't know how to adjust or where to adjust. It's a great analogy for the church today. We're in a place right now where the church is required to pivot, to make adjustments. And if we don't know how to make those adjustments, then we're going to get frustrated. And like Chandler, we'll probably just give up. See, if the world is changing and we know that it is, then we have to ask, how can we change to reach the people of this world? Also, if the pandemic has brought change into our lives, we have to ask, how have we personally changed? Have we changed for the better? I mean, I think that a lot of people have spent the last two years looking after their own needs, protecting themselves. And I think we've done that for so long that we've forgotten how to look after the needs of others. We've forgotten to protect others. We've forgotten to connect with others. If the pandemic has changed the church in any way, and we are the church, we've got to make adjustments. We've got to pivot if we're going to be the church that God wants us to be, as well as the people that God desires us to be. Regardless, these are times where the church desperately needs to pivot. The more precarious and threatening the situation that we find ourselves in, the more we realize or acknowledge the need for adjustments that need to be made in our lives. Because what pivot communicates, and you can write this down, pivot communicates a new direction is required now. 
pivot becomes a cry for help, a necessary adjustment to what's going on in our lives. This series is about reconnecting to our DNA as the Quest Church. Why do we do what we do? These are times that we desperately need to reconnect to these questions so that we can be the church that God has called us to be and designed us to be. Remember, we are the church. You are the quest. And we want the quest to be united, strong, and healthy. So I believe an important point to look at is this. A healthy me is the key to a healthy us. See, the church God desires us to be is a reflection of the person that I have allowed myself to be, that you have allowed yourself to be. A healthy us begins with a healthy me. So another question is, how healthy are you? Spiritually speaking, how's your heart? Have you had it checked out? Have you asked God to search your heart? Does the activity of your life reflect God's work in your life? I think another important issue that we need to address is this. You can write it down. The church always makes adjustment to how we reach people based on the challenges that we face in the times that we live in. The church is required to use an element of creativity to assess the needs around us and allow God to use us to meet those needs. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the Sunday school movement that we might be familiar with today in our churches originated in the 1780s. The Industrial Revolution had resulted in most children working all week in factories. So a newspaper publisher did something about it. He acted on what God put in his heart. So he started a class on Sundays that taught kids how to read and write and also gave them a Bible lesson. It was his way of reaching the kids that had fallen through the cracks during the times that he was living in. Listen, the church is here to carry out God's mission in this world, and that is to reach people. The real question is, are you willing for God to use you? Or are you allowing God to use you? See, the actions of our lives are either about our vision or God's vision for our life. We're looking for ways to help people open their hearts to God's love for their lives, Jesus, and God's plan for their lives. But there's a danger that we face that we need to recognize, and that says you can write it down. When our personal relationship with Jesus becomes private, we can't live out God's mission for our lives. Your relationship with God is a personal relationship. It's an intimate relationship, but it can't be a private relationship. When we make our personal relationship with Jesus private, we are no longer witnesses to God's power in our lives. We don't go public with our faith in Jesus. We no longer feel compelled to share Jesus with others. And what happens is the Great Commission that we talked about last week becomes somebody else's responsibility, not mine. So we stop relying on God's Spirit for help, strength, and opportunities to share the gospel with someone. We have to remember that God's Spirit engages us and enables us to live out His mission through us. And a part of His mission for us is this, and write it down. This is what we're talking about today. We need God's Spirit to participate in spiritual community. This is more than the community of people that we live around. It's the community of people we share commitment with. I know this, the people that I'm closest with, the people that have had the greatest impact in my life are people that I have encountered and discovered through spiritual community. I'm sure that you can say the same thing. God's Spirit in us will always draw us to belong to others, to be a part of His church. And He will always call us to relationship with Himself and to other people. The truth is that God's Spirit in us opens our hearts to other people. But we have to allow him to do that. Listen, when we're focused on God and his mission, we're not focused on ourselves. 
which tends to distract us from the mission of God. We need to understand something about community, and that's this. You can also write it down. God created you in and for community. You were created from community and for community. You know this, but in Genesis, God said this. God spoke and said, let us make human beings in our image, making them reflecting our nature. You were designed for spiritual community to participate and experience spiritual community. And the reason is this you can write down. God designed the best version of you to be developed in community. I know it's hard to imagine, but the very best version of me is not my version of me. It's God's version of me. It's God's activity in me. And the me that God designed me to be requires spiritual community. See, I need God working through others, speaking through others, acting through others to shape me. And this is important. If I'm going to experience spiritual community, I have to surrender myself to both God and people. I have to give myself to God and I have to give myself to others. I have to allow others into my life. I have to open my heart to them. I have to trust their input in my life. Scripture reminds us in Ephesians where it says this, submit to one another out of your reverence for Christ. So what we do is we allow their counsel to shape us, not because it's what we necessarily want to hear, but because it may be what we need to hear. Many people do all that they can to prevent being known by others. We want to keep people at a safe distance. And while we manage people and over time keep them at that safe distance, well, problems occur. Because without spiritual community, we put ourselves in a position to lose. And here's a few things that we lose. First of all, is we lose perspective in life. Our lows tend to be lower and our highs tend to be higher. Our point of views get clouded and things seem to be worse than they actually are. And sometimes they're even better than they actually are. We don't have others to bring clarity into our life and balance into our life. From a spiritual standpoint, when we're not in spiritual community, we forget that we're in a spiritual battle. And our common enemy wants to isolate us so that he can attack us. I say this all the time, but if you want to know how Satan attacks, just watch a National Geographic show and watch how the lions hunt antelope. They're looking for that one antelope that's off by themselves. That's the one that they go after. They go after the one that's hurt. They go after the one who is away from the herd. Because in the herd, there's safety. And the lion goes after the one, and he has dinner, breakfast, whatever. That's how Satan hunts. First Peter reminds us about it when he says this, That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. And just don't let that be you. Understand that there's safety in spiritual community. Here's something else that we lose in, and that's this. We develop a fear of intimacy. The longer we go without intimacy, the greater the fear of intimacy grows within us. When we don't have meaningful relationships, we tend to fear getting close to people. We would rather stay disconnected than risk rejection. Living without community is not how God designed us to live. And we need to pivot in that area. We need to make adjustments in that area. We also lose because we dwarf our growth process. It's worse than a reduced spiritual growth. It's a mutated spiritual growth. And it's not a healthy growth. This is really popular in our culture. We can be exposed to great teaching online, but have no sense of connection, belonging, devotion, or commitment to others that we're supposed to be growing with. We have no 
community that we're growing together with. So what happens is we grow on our own. We have no one to speak into our lives, no one to hold us accountable, no one to pray with us, no one to walk with us. We need people in our lives, not just people we get along with. We need people that we don't get along with because that enables us to grow. We need to grow through the tensions with others, doing life with others, learning to forgive others, learning to overlook the faults in others, serving others, and of course, submitting to others. Listen, our capacity for growth is experienced in how we relate to and submit to one another. In Ephesians, it says this, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. It goes on to say, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Remember, that is the goal. Our goal is to be a healthy church. As we're looking at spiritual community, we've got to remember that spiritual community is more than the number of people that I know. It's more than the number of friends that we have on Facebook. It's more than the number of people that we know personally. And while spiritual community includes friends, we would be wrong to define spiritual community as just our friends. Also, spiritual community is more than going to church on Sundays. Many people come back to church because they miss relationships. But community is deeper than connecting with people on Sunday. It's about doing life with people. Spiritual community is also more than the family that we're close to. And I'm not dogging family at all. It's important. But family doesn't mean spiritual community. We need more than family connections. We need more than casual connections. In fact, here's what statistics tell us. If a person doesn't make friends with someone at the church that they attend within the first two months, they'll leave. Another statistic tells us this. Our sense of spiritual fulfillment and belonging are closely tied to a shared commitment and a shared life together. That's what we see when we look at the early church. The early church is such a great example for us to pivot and make adjustments in our lives. What, was, what is important for this godly community, this community that God is bringing together, the kind of community that God shapes and works through. Scripture says it this way, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. It goes on to say, all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. A little later on, they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. They're not just hanging out. They're sharing a commitment and they're sharing life together. One of the common phrases that's mentioned multiple times in Acts is this, and the Lord added daily those who were being saved. And what it shows us is a couple of things. First of all, it shows us God works in the lives of those that devote themselves to spiritual community. It's more than a sporadic exposure. Their participation demonstrates a commitment that they have to one another. Another thing it shows us is this. We experience community in connection groups. I talk about this often, how important it is to get into and belong to a connection group, a small group. But do you know that this is one of the hardest steps 
for people to take. The hurts that we've experienced in life create barriers that cause us to push other people away. It causes us to keep people at a safe distance, not an intimate distance. Our goal becomes to avoid people at all costs, and cost us, it does. While we desire intimacy, everything within us fights intimacy because there's risk that's always involved in opening our hearts and allowing others in. We need to understand what spiritual community looks like. And first of all, spiritual community is a heart issue. It's how and why we do life with people based on how we see them, the value that they have in our lives, the value that we place on our time together. It's the God-shaped condition of our hearts, His love interacting with others. First Peter tells us this, Now you can have real love for everyone because your souls have been cleansed from selfishness and hatred when you trusted Christ to save you. So see to it that you really do love each other warmly with all of your hearts. Open your heart to intimacy. Open your heart to others. Open your heart to experience a spiritual community that will transform your life. We also need to understand this. You write down, spiritual community is how we do life together. How we do life with people includes small groups. We call them connection groups at the Quest. Intentional environments that draw us closer to God and closer to each other. They create deep relationships rather than shallow relationships. Again, in Acts, it says that they worshiped together regularly at the temple each day, met in small groups in homes for communion, and shared their meals with great joy and thankfulness. I want to encourage you to maybe transform how you do life with others and that you would find a group of people that you would open yourself to, that you would open your heart to. Listen, Jesus had a small group he met with. They were called his disciples. Yes, he went to the temple. Yes, he hung out with sinners. But he was committed to a small group. If Jesus was committed to a small group and he recognized the need for a small group, who were the people that prayed for Jesus? The disciples, his small group. So we need some action steps in our lives if it's going to lead us to spiritual community. We need areas of our lives that are devoted to spiritual community. And the first one, first action step is this. You can write it down. I devote myself to people that encourage me spiritually. Do you have people in your life that encourage you spiritually? See, as we're stretched, we grow and we become stronger. Spiritual community doesn't happen in large groups. It happens in intimate groups. It's in community that we are inspired through others to be who God wants us to be. Hebrews tells us this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Do you have somebody in your life that, you, that motivates you to acts of love and good works? Do you have people in your life that are motivating you? And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need encouragement in our lives. We need people in our lives that are going to encourage us. Real spiritual growth, deep spiritual growth, happens in small groups. It happens in connection groups, and we need to be encouraged. Another application step is this. I need to devote myself to people who know me intimately. We tend to fear intimacy because intimacy involves vulnerability. Whether it's pride or the fear that others will judge us, these are defense mechanisms, and they're not from God. 
We all have problems and hang-ups and hurts in our life. We need others to walk with us so that we can be healed. Spiritual community speaks of a place where you and I belong, where we can be accepted and valued. Scripture tells us this, you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's house with every other Christian. None of us are perfect, but we'll never experience acceptance from others until we open ourselves up and risk being vulnerable with others. Another action step is this. I need to devote myself to people who will pray for me daily. You have people that pray for you daily? Do you have people that know the needs that are going on in your life? Do you have people that you know are going to God on your behalf? We need people that will stand in the gap for us. We need people that will stand in the gap with us. Ephesians says this way, pray in the spirit at all times with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up. Always pray for all God's people. I don't know about you, but I need people that are praying for me. But I also know that I need to be praying for others. If I'm not in a small group, I don't know the needs of the people around me, so I'm not praying for others. I might be praying generally, but I'm not praying specifically. Here's the last action step we need to look at, and that's this. I need to devote myself to people that care for me consistently. It, it doesn't matter who you are, we all need to be cared for. We need to be loved, we need to be looked after, we need to be prayed for. Small groups provide an environment where people are cared for. First Corinthians says it this way, God wanted the different parts of the body to care the same for each other. If one part of the body suffers, then all the other parts suffer with it. Or if one part of the body is honored, all the other parts share in its honor. When we isolate ourselves, we are left with no one to care for us, which magnifies the hurt and the emptiness in our lives. But the truth is, we are the ones that have distanced ourselves from others. We might attend church, but we've never entered into the intimacy of small groups and spiritual community. I say this all the time because it is so important, but I never tire in saying it. And you can write it down because it is so important. We are cared for best by those that know us most. God loves you beyond your wildest imagination. God sees your needs, your hurts, your discouragement, and your fears. And God has placed people in your life to care for you. Let him do that. It's a risk, I get it. It might be scary, I understand. But you'll never experience God in this capacity without opening your heart to others. I know that the steps in drawing closer to God, I know the steps in following Jesus can be intimidating. They can be difficult for some. Because when we open ourselves up to others, it can be scary. I understand it's taking a risk. It's putting yourself out there. I know it's not convenient. I know you would rather hide. And I understand that you probably think you don't need it. But if God designed spiritual community for you, I think that we could all agree that God knows our needs better than we do. Don't let your fears define your needs. Do me a favor. If you can, let's pray together. What God wants you to experience is intimacy with himself and with others. 
And, and first and foremost, God wants you to experience intimacy with him. He wants you to know that he loves you and he cares about you. But that's a risk, isn't it? You've got to open your heart. You've got to trust God. You've got to make yourself vulnerable. You've got to surrender yourself. It's like, hey, my life's not going to be about me anymore. I'm going to make my life about Jesus. I'm going to accept what Jesus did. That's a risk because we don't know what other people will say. We probably don't feel like we're qualified. We probably don't feel like we're good enough, and none of us are. But the risk has rewards, not just eternal life, but purpose in life, courage in life, strength in life, and a relationship with a God who loves you and is with you always. And you can't beat that. And if you don't have that relationship, this is the time for you to step into that, to surrender the way you've done things, to surrender yourself to God. And maybe you do have a relationship with God, but you haven't taken this step. This is the time to ask God for courage and strength for the application steps, to ask God to give you the courage to do what he's leading you to do. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. And Father, we thank you for your love for us. And I thank you for every person that's listening and those that want to begin this relationship with you, I ask that you would just step in and that you would breathe new life into them as they experience your forgiveness, as, as they surrender themselves to you. Father, I ask that you would give them a brand new purpose, give them new passion in life. Father, I ask that you would give them strength in life. May they experience your forgiveness and your love and intimacy with you, I pray. Father, help all of us today to take this step to um, open our hearts and open our lives to spiritual community, to open our lives to intimacy with others, to, to open our hearts and allow others to speak into our lives. Because we need people that are going to care for us. We need people that are going to pray for us. We need people that share a commitment with us. People that are willing to do life with us. Father, as risky as that sounds, as difficult and as challenging as that might be for some. Father, give us the strength that we need to take these steps. Help us to experience the spiritual community that you designed for us to live in as you shape us and as you mold us for your purpose in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, begin taking the steps. I encourage you to take the steps and get into a small group. Get into a connection group. If you live in the Fresno area, you don't have a connection group, if you attend the quest, Go to our website, scan the QR code. The QR code will connect you to our website and allow you to look at the connection groups that we have and find one that fits you. We say it every week, but we need people that are going to walk with us and pray with us, encourage us, do life with us. We need spiritual community. It's a risk that's worth taking, I promise you. Thank you guys so much for all your financial gifts. Thank you for providing for the needs of the quest. Thank you for continuing your faithfulness as we continue to do what God has called us to do. I so appreciate your generosity and every gift that you guys give financially really does help. If you want to give online, you can scan the QR code and there's a link there that'll allow you to give online. And we appreciate all of you that financially support us. If you have any needs in your life, you need someone to pray with you, scan the QR code. Allow us to connect with you and to pray with you. It would be a great privilege of ours. Listen, thank you guys for being with us today. Have a great rest of your week. We love you. God's best to you. Bye-bye.